Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com. All of our programming, of course, is available there at uh, kpcg.fm and at thetrumpet.com, wherever you like to find your podcasts. If you can't catch the programming live, podcasts are a great way to keep up with the programming here on KPCG. Well, if someone asked you to describe God, you would probably talk about his character traits, which would be a really good thing to talk about. That's vitally important. And that would be a great way to answer the question. But you could also describe how God looks. What does he look like? I mean, the Bible is very specific about what God looks like. And it's important for us to have an accurate picture of God in our minds, certainly his character, and also, though, the way he appears. I mean, the world is full of false images of Jesus Christ, for example. Um, I'm sure you can think of them. You've seen them, no doubt. Other religions have all sorts of strange concepts about God, different pictures, different images, all sorts of things. But God does describe the way that he looks, and it's important for us to know how he looks, the reality of his appearance. Now, we know God forbids any graven images. Notice this in Exodus 20. We'll take a look at a few passages today. So if you have a Bible handy, please get it out. We could look at these together. This is Exodus 20, verses 4 and 5. It says, You shall not make unto you any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down yourself to them, nor serve them, for I, the eternal your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. So, a very specific command here. We aren't to make drawings or carvings or statues or anything, any sort of artwork that would depict God or worship images of any kind. You know, you do see different images made of animals and things like that. And sometimes people use that as some sort of a, an idol. And we're not to do that. We're not to do that. We're to have a very clear picture of God, certainly his character, his mind, the way that he thinks, but also the way that he looks. We're to understand that in our minds, not make images of it, but to understand the way that God looks. He describes the way he looks so that we can know his appearance. And so it's important. And God has an important reason for this. He, he wants us to know what he looks like. Let's see what the Bible reveals about the way God looks. And we'll see why it is important as well. Notice Genesis 1 and verses 26 and 27. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. 
male and female created he them. So both members of the God family, God and the Word, who became Christ, of course, the Word became Christ, they look like man, or more accurately, humans look like they do. We know what humans look like, right? Of course, we're made to look like God. Notice this quote here from the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. It's a free course. It's at thetrumpet.com. And if you don't have it, please sign up for it. It says, we know what form and shape a man has. Since Adam was created in the image of God, after his likeness, God therefore has the form and shape of a man. In various parts of the Bible, it is revealed that God has a face, eyes, a nose, mouth, and ears. He has hair on his head. It is revealed God has arms and legs, and God has hands and fingers. He has feet and toes and a body. God has a mind. Animals have brains, but no mind power like man's. And so not only is man made to look like God, we have a mind that works like God's, only, of course, on a much lower level. But we can think and make decisions and reason in a way that animals just don't do. And so God made us. He made mankind to look like he does. And there's a very special connection between God and mankind. And he wants us to understand that. He wants us to understand this vital connection between ourselves and him. Now the word came to this earth in the flesh as Jesus Christ. And he looked like God the Father. I mean, God the Father is his father. Notice John 14, verses 8 through 9. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father. In verse 9, Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long a time with you, and yet have you not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how say you then, show us the Father? And so, of course, we understand, in most cases, physical sons resemble their physical fathers in a lot of ways. And the same was true with Christ and God the Father. And what did Christ look like when he was on this earth, in the flesh? Notice Matthew chapter 26, verses 47 through 49. It says, And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude, with swords and staves, from the chief priests and elders of the people. So this is when they were coming to take Christ and apprehend him. Verse 48 says, Now he that betrays him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast. Verse 49, And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And so what we take from this passage is the fact that Christ looked very similar to other men of his day. There was a crowd of of people, and, and they didn't know which one was Christ. He didn't stick out in an odd way. The images that we see of him in paintings and such... You know, if you saw that person, you would instantly think, oh, that, <laughs> that, that, that's a, a different person than everybody else. You know, the long hair and, you know, the, the image. It would have been very different from the men of his day. Christ didn't look that way, of course. He didn't look that way. He, he looked like a man, right? And similar to other men of his day. And so they didn't, they didn't know who he was. Clearly, he didn't look like the paintings, so commonly seen today, those false images that give us a false concept of Christ. 
But as we know, Christ was resurrected. He was resurrected after his crucifixion. And he was glorified. And so Christ, he went from a God being to a human and then was resurrected and glorified again as God. And so what does Christ look like in his glorified state today? What does he look like? What is his appearance? Well, the Bible tells us. And we see this in Revelation 1 and verse 13 through 18. And again, uh, it's important to know and have have a proper concept of God's appearance. But as we'll see, it's, it's also important because it shows us our future as well. It shows us a lot about our incredible human potential. And that's what God wants us to understand. Notice Revelation 1, verses 13 through 18. This is a picture here of the glorified Christ. Verse 13 says, And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and girded about the breast with a golden girdle. Verse 14, his head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. Again, these are things we can, we can picture. You know, we've seen white snow. We've seen a flame of fire. We've seen those types of things. Verse 15 says, and his feet like unto fine brass, as though they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And so, you know, I think of like Niagara Falls or something like that, where you hear all these, this, this powerful water. It's really an unbelievably amazing sound. Well, that's something similar to what God's voice sounds like. So we even get a concept of what his voice sounds like. It says in verse 16, And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance shone as the sun shines in his strength. See, that's the way he looks, where he's, he's, it's like looking at the sun. That's how bright he is. And I always think it's interesting when you think about his eyes being like a flame of fire. I mean, here his face shines like the sun, and yet the eyes are distinct from that, shining like you know, a flame of fire. And so if you, if you put a flame of fire into the sun, I don't even think we'd see it, right, physically. So there's something even more powerful there about the eyes. It's amazing to think about. And really awe-inspiring. And and this is the powerful, glorified Christ. See, it's so different than the images that we see in this world where there's these, you know, uh, pictures of this weak, you know, effeminate man. That's not Christ. That wasn't Christ physically. And certainly today, that's not Christ. We need a proper picture of who's the head of God's church. And Christ was made the head of the body. And he rules it. And God is God the Father is head of the family. Powerful beings. And they want us to understand that we look like them. And there's a very important reason why. Of course, they're glorified today and we're we're not. But we do have a potential like that. Verse 17 says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And of course, right? John just he passed out. I mean, if we saw something like this, I think that would happen to us too, wouldn't it? It says, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, fear not, I am the first and the last. Verse 18, I am he that lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Yeah, Christ can resurrect from the dead. He has that power. 
he has that power, and he was resurrected from the dead, and he's glorified today. This is what he looks like. The correspondence course says, if we could see both God the Father and Christ the Son as they appear today in their glorified state in heaven, their faces, though formed and shaped like human faces, would be as bright as the sun in full strength. Their eyes would be like flames of fire, their feet like burnished brass, and their hair as white as snow. That's what we would see. If we could, we couldn't even, you know, our eyes can't see that. But that's what God the Father and Christ look like. God makes sure to let us know that he made us to look like him. Although we're not yet glorified today, of course. But he made us like him. Why? The animals don't look like God, but man does. Man does, and God gives us a picture of how he looks. Why is that important? Is it just an interesting factoid? Of course not. One, it gives us a proper perspective of how powerful God is, but also it shows us a lot about our connection to him and what God's doing with mankind. We're special to him for a very important reason. Mr. Herbert Armstrong wrote in Mystery of the Ages, and this is, again, a free book that you can get at thetrumpet.com. If you haven't read it, you have to. It's a great, great book, Mystery of the Ages. It says, Why did the Creator God put man on the earth? For God's ultimate supreme purpose of reproducing himself, of recreating himself, as it were, by the supreme objective of creating the righteous divine character, ultimately in millions, unnumbered begotten and born children who shall become God beings, members of the God family. Further, he says, once this perfect and righteous character is instilled in man and man converted from mortal flesh to a mortal spirit, see, we know how that works. That already happened to Christ. He went from mortal to immortal. And of course, he was the word uh, to start with, but he went through that process. It says, then is to come the incredible human potential. Once we've gone from mortal flesh to immortal spirit, then is to come the incredible human potential. Man being born into the divine family of God, restoring the government of God to the earth, and then participating in the completion of the creation over the entire endless expanse of the universe. See, that's man's incredible human potential. That's why God made us look like him. I mean, we see what our future is. We don't have to wonder about, you know, what God is. Like, you know, is he some sort of, uh, you know, odd alien or something like that. People have all kinds of weird ideas. We're made to look like him. He gave us minds like him. Because ultimately we're going to be born into God's family. It's, it's amazing. And really, even in just the physical creation... God gives us so many clues as to our future. He really gives us a lot of wonderful clues to our future and what he has in store for us. Notice uh, 1 Corinthians 1, verses 19 through 23. Here, Paul really shows, again, the perspective that we need to have in this life and the realization of what is vitally important. 1 Corinthians 1, verses 19 through 23. It says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. So, like, if 
if our hope is only in this life and the here and now, it, it's pretty miserable because it doesn't last. And you know that if you're older or if you talk to someone who is older, you know, life moves pretty quickly and it's here and it's gone. And the things that a person hopes for when they're young, it, it fades away. So if that is our entire focus, we're going to be miserable. <laughs> Verse 20 says, but now Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of those who slept. Right? There is a resurrection. Christ was glorified. And we too will follow that same path. Verse 21 says, For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. Adam sinned, right? And death has reigned because death is the penalty for sin. But Christ came and he was a sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice for sin, giving man an opportunity to repent of sin and be resurrected and gain eternal life, be given eternal life as a gift from God after repentance, of course. Verse 22 says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. See, again, that's that hope of the resurrection. Verse 23, But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward those who are Christ that is coming. So there's more to understand about the resurrections. There's three resurrections, and there's a time period, and there's an order to it. And so if you'd like to know more about that, of course, please request Mystery of the Ages, uh, The Incredible Human Potential, or sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course, or do all three. All of that's free, and it's at thetrumpet.com. It's an educational service for your benefit. So please take advantage of it. And we don't have time to get into all of that today, but even in the archives of Live by Every Word, we do talk about the resurrections. So if you'd like to know more about that, you can search those programs. But notice... Further down, verses 49 through 53. Why was man made in the image of God? Right? We're getting to the crux of the issue. Why do we look like God? And we've talked about it a bit, but, but notice this. Verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Right? We are humans today. We, we, we're, the, we're the image of the, the humans, right? We're the image of God. But we're in the human form but we're going to bear the image of the heavenly. We're going to become like God in our thinking and our character as we grow and use his Holy Spirit as we're, you know, baptized after repentance and such. Every man in his own order and his own time sequence. But then we're going to be glorified and we're going to bear the image of the heavenly. Verse 50 says, Now this I say, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. So we're not in the kingdom of God when we're flesh and blood. Some people are confused on that, but it's very clear here from the Bible. Verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In other words, you know, some people die. The Bible refers to that as sleep. And then they're resurrected. And some will live to the return of Christ and be changed and glorified. Changed from mortal flesh to a mortal spirit. Verse 52, it says, This will happen in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, when Christ returns, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. You know, changed into what? Changed into God beings. Glorified, looking like the glorified Christ, as we read there in Revelation. Verse 53, for this corruptible 
must put on incorruption, and this mortal man must put on immortality. God made us to look like him so that we can understand our connection to God, that we're going to be glorified. We're going to look like God uh, spiritually. Our character will be like God's and then also will be changed. So we'll be glorified. We'll look like a human, right? Except in a glorified state. Eyes, nose, mouth, all of these things. It helps us to see our incredible human potential. We look like the earthy today, humans. But we're going to bear the image of the heavenly. We're going to be glorified and look like that picture we read about there in Revelation. It shows us the incredible human potential that mankind was created. God made us to look like him. We were made in the image and likeness of God. And we will be glorified to look like God looks today, glorified and all-powerful, and be born into the very kingdom and family of God as a God being. That's the incredible human potential. And if you'd like to learn more about that, again, please request our free book on that. It has the same title, The Incredible Human Potential, and it's free at thetrumpet.com. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live By Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live By Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.